Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Big shout out to Two Pilots Distillery for sponsoring the show this month, as well as Red Circle. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Uh, today is going to be uh, an actual show about politics with a politician. And, uh, well, I don't know if she likes being called a politician. Some, <laughs> some of them don't. Um, but uh, as all of y'all know, I am very, I used to be conservative. I'm damn sure not a Democrat. I'm right in the middle. And uh, I'm an independent of anything anymore. And one of my friends uh, got me hooked up with someone who is running for governor for this great state of Georgia coming up. And we spoke on the phone on uh, last Monday. And this person completely captivated me and uh, got my attention. And it is very hard, as y'all know, to uh, keep my attention. So I would like to introduce y'all to Miss uh, Candace Taylor. How are you doing today, ma'am? I'm great, Josh. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm very excited to have you. Actually, we need to bump your mic up a little bit. Get a little bit closer to okay. it. Okay, I can be loud. Yeah, be loud. This, yeah, right. There you go. There we go. That's that's fine now. It's working good. Miss um, Candace is uh, running for governor. Uh, and uh, I guess we're going to dive into it. First off, what made you want to run the governor? Well, I'm like the rest of Georgia and America that saw Georgia in the news constantly during the presidential election and just embarrassed and mortified that we would be at the center of this nation in this pivotal, pivotal presidential race and that we may be at fault for doing something that caused us not to have our president elected. And it just, I don't know, I ran for Senate last year and I started from nothing and I worked and worked and worked and met people all over the state. And they encouraged me, thousands, messaging me, please run for governor, please run for governor. And I just, I prayed about it. I talked to my husband about it. And I thought, you know what? I don't know if, if anybody will primary the governor, but I'm not scared. And people won't change. And we say we won't change, but then we don't actually do what we need to do to get it. So, I qualify, I, I mean, I've announced I'm running. I haven't qualified yet. They haven't had qualifications. But I've announced it formally that I'm, I'm going to run. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, I know how hard it is to unseat uh, active governor, uh, but our governor and I liked him. I liked him very much going into the past twelve months, uh, and who he was in his ads and speaking is not who he is. And uh, I know people that very much like Brian Kemp, and I don't think he's a bad person whatsoever. I just I want a governor that's going to stand up for us. I feel like Atlanta and Savannah got stood up for. I don't feel like every other county and every other person got stood up for. And it's just kind of where I'm aggravated. And there are a lot of people that are aggravated. And I think everybody in the Republican Party knows that, uh, and, well, in Georgia anyway, Kemp doesn't, Kemp doesn't beat, uh, oh, you can open it right here. It's fine. Uh, no, we, we, we crack beers on here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a red, a red bull is fine. A red bull is fine. Um, but, uh, I think everybody in the state knows that Kemp doesn't beat Abrams and we need someone to beat Abrams. And the way you spoke the other day and the things you're going to speak about on the show, I think that they realize that you, you've got enough fortitude to you that you're willing to put in that fight and represent the actual people and not the politicians. Well, I don't care about money. I mean, I've been a public school educator for 18 years. You obviously don't care about money. Right. <laughs> so I, I have a PhD in counseling. I could have gone and done private practice and worked, worked at a university. My One of my best friends actually that graduated with me, she's making four times what I make. I can do that too. I'm an excellent counselor. But I choose to serve the people because I love 
I love needy children. I love needy families. I want to make a difference. And that's always been my heart is to make a difference where I am. Now, we all need money to live. Absolutely. You know, that's stupid. And I want people to be blessed and I want people to be, you know, wealthy and prosperous. We all deserve that. That's what America, that's American dream. You work hard, you get rewarded. But making money off the backs of taxpayers is the worst of the worst to me. Yeah, um, and it's not even that. Is that we elect these people in that position, and then they turn their backs on us. And, that, and that's how the majority of people feel. It's like, okay, we got you here, but what are you going to do for us? I've said it time and time again. At some time, politicians forgot they work for us, and we don't work for them. Absolutely correct. And they even, whenever I went to qualify to run last time for U.S. Senate, I went all over the, I went to every county, 159. I put 50,000 miles on my car. And I, half the counties I went to, the GOP chair would be so rude to me. Now, I'm running Republican. I voted Republican conservative my whole life. I'm not going to say I never voted for a Democrat because I, I voted for a conservative sheriff that was a Democrat before. He was more conservative than the Republican running. But I voted conservative my whole entire life, but yet I was treated like I wasn't worthy to run. And I'm already dealing with a little bit of that this time, not as much because people won't change they're they're sick of it. They're sick of the rhetoric. So the people are wonderful. And that's what I'm running for. I'm not running for the GOP chairs. But people get a little bit of power when they run for those seats in the Republican Party and then they think, Well, I have pull and, and they like knowing somebody that's in the know and, and they get attached. I mean it's like a celebrity to these politicians. But it doesn't matter if they vote for every tax increase and they vote against guns and they vote and help fund Planned Parenthood, they will still elect these same people because they stood up on Fox News and they saw them on TV and they thought, oh, I, I like them. They're, they're Republican. But they're not Republican. It, they're not. And like I don't know what term I've kept hearing because it, it seems like there's an actual term for it now. They're like soft Republicans. Rhinos. Uh, rhinos. That's what they are. Rhinos. Republican I, and name only. I learned what that was last year. They kept saying rhinos. Rhinos, I'm yeah. like, what are they calling it a rhino? But it's Republican and name that's only. That's what it was. But, I mean, it's... You, you see these folks, and you it's so if you're not a sheep and you can actually look at what they do, you realize real quick that it don't matter what tie they've got on, what color they're wearing, they're not representing you. Um, it, it's a joke to a lot of people. Our whole country, I, I would imagine if I was in a, another country and I'd have watched our election process this year, I'd have been laughing my tail off, and I'd have been like, you know what, if we want to invade them, or we want to ruin their stock market or their economy or whatever, we can. We They're weak. weak. Mm-hmm. We're weak. That's why I think everyone hated Trump. It's because Trump reminded us we were strong. That's what all those people out in front of the Capitol in January was. They were strong. The ones that gotten the inside, regardless if it was a, a sham or a scam or whatever, um, staged. Those people outside is what 70 million people voted for, for strength. That's right. And, and now we're right back to where our, our president now won't even come out of the house. They, he's still guarded. They're scared to death in Washington right now. That's why the Army's still there. Yeah, I don't understand why our soldiers are still there. I think that's ridiculous. I think they're scared. I think they're scared to death that something's going to happen. I, know, I mean, that's what it's got to be. I, well, if you, if you are worried that the election may not have actually been right, and I don't know if it was or not, I, I don't know... If Biden really won or Trump really won, I know the election numbers were off. I know the numbers went up and down. My own numbers went up and down all night. 
and Sydney Powell called me on the phone and, and we had a long conversation about that and about me going in on a lawsuit, which I didn't have to, thank the Lord. I would have. I would have done it for the president, but I didn't have to. They ended up getting somebody else to do it. But I know the numbers went up and down because I watched mine do it. If my little numbers went up and down, you know, I ended up with like 41000 They said I could have had 200000 I wasn't sure because my numbers were taken and pulled to another person in my race. I know the president had the same thing happen to him. And it just, it it's wrong. Our, we should know every legal vote counted. We should know that that's done, done deal. You know, in public education, we do standardized testing, and we have valid and reliable test scores. We have no irregularities. Very rarely do you have an irregularity. We can get kids tested with that many subjects, no problem, but we can't get our most important right to count right. I mean, I mean, they already don't want some people's votes to count anyway. That's true. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing. When you have a, a system to where, and I, on, I honestly, I, like I told you before we started this, I mean, I will push and push and push this. It'll never happen. I don't want anybody to ever vote again that hasn't served this country. I don't think they've earned the right. I don't think that, I have never served this country. And I, I don't think that I've earned the right sometimes. And... The people that are undereducated on voting shouldn't vote. But it's not like you can do an IQ test or whatever, or a questionnaire beforehand to see if they're eligible to vote or not. But if you don't even know, there were people that when asked uh, when some of the riots were going on last year, they were like, oh, when they asked them, what do you think about George Floyd or whatever? And they were like, I don't know who that is. I just saw people riding on CNN and I live in – that is not how – the. People like that that are undereducated, I'm getting tongue-tied this morning, undereducated on who our politicians are, they shouldn't get to vote for those politicians. I'm going to agree with you about being undereducated on on politicians. And I hate politicians. I want people, I love our country. I love government. Like my expertise area is, is mental health and education. But I love government and how our country is set up. And so... I'm going to say, yes, we need to have the right to vote because that's how it was established. But we have to take pride in our land being pioneered and why it was pioneered, why people left and came over here for religious freedom. It wasn't so we could not pray in schools. It was so we could. Yeah. They perverted it. They perverted what our founding fathers established. The Declaration of Independence, and I didn't know this, until recently I took a constitutional law class, but it was talking about how in the founding documents, it's like over a hundred times God said, like over 10 times a page, it talks about the Lord and God. If they put it there that many times, it wasn't for us to separate church and state. They meant separation in that the state can't control the church. Not that we can't worship because we're in the state. They have perverted that whole thing, which has happened a lot in our country. Well, I mean, any, I get I get really pissy when it comes to people wanting to take God out of schools and everything. Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm not an example setter. I told you on the phone the other day, coming on this show, I, uh, I, I live by my own rules, and I have a relationship with God, and it's between me and Him. My life is between me and Him. That's right. It is. And... This is where I fall with the religious stuff in schools is if you want to be a Christian and you want to pray in school, you should be allowed to. If you want to be a Muslim and you want to pray in school, you should be allowed to. does not matter what religious background you have. You should be able to pray. 
Now, where I get mad is when you have people that say, oh, we can't talk about God, but we can talk about Muhammad or other things like that. I get really, that happened in Dodge County, like where I'm from a couple years ago, someone came up with a shirt and it had a cross on it. And it was, I was like even an FCA or whatever, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, whatever, when I was in school, like they were mad at these people. Like, there was a big thing. It ended up on Channel 13 and all other stuff because the school said you couldn't wear these shirts. School system, where I'm from. And, like, it blows my mind that you have people that are in our school systems that if I'm going to respect your religious beliefs, whether you believe in God or not or something else, respect mine. I'm not shoving mine in your face. Don't shove yours in mine. I think a lot of that stuff boils down to respect. It's respect, and it also we're seeing that, you know, we took prayer out of school, so, you know, they used to say the blessing before they would go to lunch, and they teach the little kids to do that, and they would line up, and they'd start saying the blessing. And so, that th- you, may, you may think, that's minute, and that's little, but it's not. It's it not shows honor and respect. So then when it's time to stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance, and they don't want to stand up, and you live in this country... You're free. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian, I don't care. You live in this country. And it's not about that. And then they twist it and say, you know, you you idolize a flag. I don't even want to hear that crap. That makes me mad. That that would It makes me so mad. (laughs) I just let somebody say it to me. (laughs) But they do that. They would, I have had people literally say that to me that are, you know, liberal. Well, you, you know, you worship a flag. I don't worship a flag. I honor it. Yes. Because there are tens of, thousands of people that have died to fight for our freedom how selfish is it of people to say oh well we're we're worshiping a flag so we're not going to stand for it that's bullcrap they don't want to stand up for it because they don't like our country and if you don't like our country leave yes that's how i feel about well, it, it. it my daughter is being raised a certain way you got to meet her a while ago mm-hmm. um gracie is taught to wherever we go wherever we go we pray for every meal she says the blessing before every meal, publicly, privately, wherever we're at. Because I never want her to be ashamed to pray. She does it at school. Or she tells me she does it at school. That's anyway. wonderful. I'm glad, okay. her, I'm glad her teachers do that. And But when they do the Pledge of Allegiance, like she, we've had this conversation before. There was a kid that didn't want to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. My daughter comes and asks me about it. Because around here, we honor our country, our veterans, everything. And she's like, you know, I was weirded out by it. Like, I didn't want, know what to do. And uh, I'm trying to teach her, especially in the day and age we live now, I believe women have to be tougher than they've ever been throughout history. So I'm trying to raise a little little monster, a little Viking queen back Independent. there. Independent. Yes. And so I told her this. I said, Gracie, if you see a kid not honoring our country, doing a Pledge of Allegiance, you say it twice as damn loud. You say it twice as loud to make up for them. And I said, if they're not pulling their weight, you're going to have to pull double. But this is a lesson you're going to have to learn throughout life that there are going to be people that don't believe in the same thing you believe in. But if you think that you're right, you'd be twice as proud about what you're right about. And I think that's what you're doing right now in a, you know, metaphorically running because you're twice as proud of this country than most people. Even under a Democratic president. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what gets me. Did I vote for Biden? No. Did I want Biden? No. But. He is still the president of the United States right now. Thank you. And even though I don't listen to everything he says because I don't want to hear it, I still honor this country. 
And I still care. I mean, I look at what he, I don't listen to him live, but I watch what he's, all these EOs he's signing, signing, and I'll see what's going on because it's important for us to have knowledge of what's going on in our in our world so we know what freedoms could we get taken away just like that. Well, the way I look at it is if you root for our president to fail, that's like rooting for the head of your household to fail. That's right. I don't want Biden to fail. Me either. I, I don't want Harris or no. Pelosi or any of them to fail. Because if they're the head of our country and they fail, we fail as a That's nation. Right. So I pray for them. I'm, I pray for them too. I, I, want, I want them to do a good job. I'm pro-America. I'm not just pro-Trump. I'm pro-America. And people don't, they can't separate the two. And people that feel like that, they feel like, you know what? Trump was president for four years. I hate it. I'm miserable. I hate America. I'm not standing for the flag. You know what? That's an American and they don't care if they're un-American yeah. because they're like, oh, well, I don't have to be. We're never going to come together. They're preaching unity right now. You're never going to come together with unity if you if you feel like that. And that's yeah. in your heart. Well, it's, it, it's people just, it grows back to this. They just don't care. They, they didn't get what they wanted. They're spoiled. Mm-hmm. We live in the age of entitlement to where if you don't get what you want, you think it's okay to whine and fuss about it till you get what you want. Instant gratification. Yeah, it's... It's not, that's not what this is. I, everybody that fusses about Trump, I tell them to look at the past four years under Trump and then look at the previous eight years under Obama. Which ones was financially better for your family, your way of life? Everything was better. Most folks say the past four years, and I didn't have to go into de- or detail with them. Is You know why? Because our country wasn't soft. You got paid better because there was more work here. Cost of living went down. Because there was more work here. Gas went down because we were supplying our own gas. Now the pipeline's cut. All these people that everybody that fussed about by or about Trump are gonna be the same people in three or whatever, two years, how long it takes for all this stuff to come up, that when their rent goes sky high and when gas is five dollars a gallon, they're gonna be the same people fussing about it then you can't make certain people happy well the democrats are already upset i have friends of democrats that have been talking about you know biden thinking about making these 11 million aliens automatically you know legal citizens, citizens. Yeah. and they're not happy about it like they are not happy about it at all because they're going to take their jobs yeah they're going to be living on welfare governmental assistance and it's coming out of our check but you voted for that. But you know why, though? You you know exactly why, just like I do probably, why he wants to go ahead and automatically switch them over. Votes. Yep. People are too stupid. Like, you go ahead and do that, and you switch those people over, in four years, when it's time to vote again, Democrats got it landslide. Yep. I mean, that, that that's what it's going to be. That's exactly right. We have created, I don't know if you know who uh, Candace Owens is. Oh, yeah. I love she Candace. She retweeted something I posted oh, on Oh, my it, God. I'm so envious. I, I love I, I got verified on Twitter whenever I was running. Although, they took cool. like 5,000 of my votes. So I'm, I mean, followers. So I'm yeah. down to like 1,500. It's crazy because <laughs> of all the censorship. Yeah. But anyway, Candace Owens, when she was going back and forth with Cardi B. Oh, yeah. I don't even remember what I said. I screenshot. I have it somewhere. But whenever I, I – actually, my media guy – I shouldn't take credit for that. My media <laughs> guy posted as me – and she retweeted it, and you know Hunter called me like, 
Candy, Candy Sowens just retweeted That's it. Awesome. And so people started putting, my name's spelled different, you know, it's spelled K-A-N-D-I-S-S. Yeah. So they put Candace, Candace 2024, and they were like posting that. I was like, oh my gosh. But That's it was cool. cool. She, um, but she talks about in a lot of her stuff is how the Democrats back in the 70s and 80s, when they started taking the head of household out of uh, lower income housing, um, African American community or whatever, they just say lower income housing. She says African American, I just say, lower income they created this whole next generation that was completely dependent on the government from birth you're you're you grew up on welfare and you don't ever want that welfare to stop and other things so you're going to keep voting democrat because they're the ones that have been daddy when you take daddy out the household and you lock him up for whatever then you keep him in jail kamala harris uh then you are literally creating these just not brainless you don't want the way of life to change. It's a it's a cycle. So yeah. in, in counseling, we look at it like this. It's a cycle. So one, the parent does what their parent did. Yep. And then the children did what their parent did. And it continues. And so breaking those cycles is almost impossible. But we've seen children do it and become doctors and become very successful and very healthy households. And we have it happen, but it's rare. Yeah. And so it becomes a vicious cycle. But like for me... I mean, I'm the homeless liaison for my county, so I see homeless kids, and I see a lot of kids in governmental housing. There's just as many white kids as black kids. Oh, exactly, yeah. So I don't agree with her on that, but she's speaking from her people and her exactly. point of view, and I respect that. But yeah. as a public school educator, I see all races. Well, I mean, I don't know where she was actually born at or where she's from. Oh, Around yeah. here, it's not black versus white anyway. It's rich versus poor. Oh, yeah. And, and I believe that's what the majority of the country is anyway because you're right. I honestly know more lower-income white families around here than I do of any other And the opiate race. epidemic hasn't helped. So we have a lot of, of people on opiates, and they their parents are raising their children. Yeah. So you got grandparents raising children, and then those people are homeless, and, and there's a lot of whites that are affected by that. And I'm, I'm not saying there's not blacks, so there are, but I see a lot of opiate addiction with white with white families. Yeah. My sister is actually uh, in a rehab center down where you're at. Okay. Um, she Well, she's been there for – she's a house mother now. Okay. Like she, she's been there for like three or four years. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, she's been doing great the past couple of years. But, yeah, she was. And uh, it, she was almost there for a little while. So um, – and this, my brother has been too. It happens. It most happens. most families, you know, they say every family has been affected by drug addiction. Now, like I grew. I, I literally grew up in a household with. I'm the only one, and like uh, my sister used it as a, as a, I should do this because I saw it growing up. And me, I'll drink. I don't do anything besides drink. I never have. Um, I take that back. I've smoked weed when I was younger, but for the majority of people that grew up around here, it happens. But that's still maybe 10 times my whole life. I saw what not to do. My right. sister saw that it was okay, and I saw what not to do. And I think that's where our country's at now. I think there's a bunch of folks that are seeing, you know, we have to have a change. In this state of Georgia, we have to have a change. If you think that you hate Biden and Harris, boy, let me tell you, when Abrams is your governor in a couple of years, if somebody like you don't stand up, and knock her off her tail. We are the most liberal, hated state in the country. Well, I, you know, somebody said, "Well, what if Abrams runs?" I said, "I hope she does." Oh, she's got to. I, right? re I really hope she does because I can't wait to debate with her. She is going to. She she says, you know, put, packages things really pretty, but doesn't say anything. 
And people want real. They want honest. They want integrity on both sides. There's people in the Democrat Party wanting to walk away. We've got people in the Republican Party wanting to start a new party, the Patriot Party, because people are tired of the rhetoric. They're sick of it. I think that's what's happening. I think that that's what is going to happen, though, is what you just said, the Patriot Party. I think Trump's coming back in 2024. He's not running as a Republican. And I think everybody that is attached to that Patriot Party narrative think that's what's clean sweeping. Well, I want to take back my Republican Party. I want to take it back. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we've, we've voted in these people represent us. They're rhinos. They're not, they're not representing Republican values. They're voting for tax increases. They're voting very liberal because they're taking money. It's yeah. not because they want to support the Democrats. They can't stand the Democrats. It's because they want to take money from B-Tech and China and Hollywood. All these and lobbyists all, and everything. And special interests. And they take all this money and they have... They're, they're blackmailed because they have to do what they, they told them they would do. And so they're not representing the people anymore. And they may package it to us and, and present it like, oh, I'm signing a heartbeat bill. Like yeah. we talked about earlier before we started. I'm signing a heartbeat bill. And so it's going to prevent most abortion because, you know, the baby has a heartbeat by week five or six that you can detect on a sonogram. But in reality, the legislation in the bill says only if the doctor hears the heartbeat. So if he doesn't go looking for it, on a sonogram or a Doppler, he can do the abortion all the way up to delivery. Or the fact that if they overturn Roe versus Wade for the federal government, now Georgia has legislature that protects the mother and allows her to have an abortion until there's a heartbeat. So we back we went backwards. Yeah. But we didn't know it. We thought, oh that's great. We're signing a heartbeat bill. We didn't know everything that was in the bill that it was really a bad thing. Well most of the bills that they write now anyway that it looks like it's one thing when what they announce and what they put as the headline, and then you read into it and you're like, wait a minute. Like, even, what was it, the stimulus package, the first one last year, that the Republicans were pissed that Pelosi and everybody else had snuck in all these other things. Museums and yeah, green, and it's green like, stuff. Like, why are we putting these in this bill when you got small businesses losing everything they've worked for for the past 50 years. But, oh, let's go take care of this, of stuff in other countries. That's right. It makes no sense. And I'm tired of paying all the taxes, and they just, you know, we pay all the taxes, and then people at the top have all these loopholes. And President Trump even talked about that. He said, this is, I'm going to sign this, and it's going to affect me negatively after I'm a president. Yeah. But I'm going to do it because it's what's right for the people. Yeah. And we have to have people like that that are willing to not go up there and just protect themselves with, t- with tax shelters and loopholes. And then we're the ones paying all the taxes. But I think that doesn't happen until we get more people like you. That's more, right. More it, pay, because it, they're just going to get run off. We've got a, every seat. Yeah. Every single seat. So people are ticked off right now. They're, they're mad because the voting was like it was, whether it went for Biden or Trump. But it was messed with. It was tampered with. We know that. And people are mad. They need to step up and run. If you, It isn't for everybody. Everybody is not, you know, they don't feel that calling to run. But there are some really good people that they're great public speakers. They have, you know, a lot of great ideas. They follow politics. And they can do it. I'm telling you, if I get this attitude down to mine, I'm doing it. <laughs> do it. I, I am. I, I've said it over and over again, like, but the only reason I want to do it is probably the same way you do. I'm tired of not being representative and represented. And I know there are a lot of people that think, act, talk just like me, and they just feel like they're lost. They do. They feel like that, that top 1% is the people that are being represented. And it is. 
and but we're the ones electing them. So in my mind, people like you, people like me, if I ever get up the guts to do it, uh, it'll be where when you see you on stage or me, well, we'll just do you right now because you're actually <laughs> running. Or we won't do anything crazy like me. That's that's not happening anytime soon. You on stage, I want you to look at a candidate and I want to say, I see me and her. That's right. I see me and him. That That's what I want to see. And I think that's how I hope. That's what all of our whole electoral process, everybody running, I hope that's what's fixing to happen. The fact that you still have people saying that the Democratic Party is the party of the people, and then you look and you see who's been at the top of the Democratic Party for the past however long, they don't represent the people. They do not represent the people. And but- until, until Trump... No, we didn't have a Republican that represented the no. people since probably Reagan. Right, since Reagan. Since Reagan. Most people are in the middle. We're not far right and far left. I mean, you know, you might be on one or two issues, but most people want, you know, they want their family taken care of. They want to be left alone. That's what's happened is we voted for people expecting them to do their job, and we're taking care of our families, and we're running kids around a ball practice, and we're cooking supper, and we're working, and we're tired, and trying to make our marriages survive. And they're up there becoming fat cats, making well, all this money, and we don't know anything about it because we're down here doing what we need to do as Americans. Well, what what should happen instead of all these career politicians being there? It ought to be people like you that was working a regular job and work, come home. Yes, go work in a regular job for the past however long you've been working as a teacher, and you know, like that you represent people. You don't represent what they are. Well, and half the politicians are lawyers. Yeah. So we need lawyers. They have a great place. But Congress should be representative of the people. Half yeah. the jobs are not lawyers. So but then half the people serving are, that's not representative of the people. We need welders, and we need health care workers, and we need everybody. Yeah. Firemen, uh, road crew, everybody. There should be more stipulations on people running for office. There should... I mean, you got so many people that just want to be a politician because it's a job. I don't think that's the way it was ever set it's up. It's the power. Yeah. Like, know, it's thought, not a I, job. I thought it was at first like, it's the money. I think it's just as much the power now as the money. Yeah, they power, love that. Oh, power's hard to beat now. They love it. They get off on it. I mean, I just sit back and watch them and laugh. Like, they get off on like running around. Like, let me talk to this one. Let me talk to that one. Oh, I know him. And I just, I don't get, I'm not a... Uh, what's it called? Star-stricken person. Yeah. Star-stricken. I don't get, I just don't care about stuff like that. Now, I did meet Ben Carson four times. I love Ben Carson. <laughs> I love so, Ben Carson. Ben Carson spoke when I got my PhD, but I didn't know who he was. So I didn't know. I just saw this guy. I actually, okay, so I'll tell you the story real quick. I had, um, I was pregnant with my third child and I was flying out of Savannah to graduate from my PhD. I had to fly to Virginia Beach and I got to the doctor's office and didn't have a heartbeat. And so it was like, we can, you know, take care of this tomorrow. And I'm like, I'm supposed to walk for my PhD. And so I just decided, I, my husband was like, I mean, whatever you want to do. And I thought, no devil, you are not stealing me walking for my PhD because mm. I have worked too hard. So I flew out and when I got there, there was a medical doctor speaking. And I was kind of disappointed because I really wanted like a big televangelist or something like Joel yeah. Osteen that you don't like. Or, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm kidding, I, I don't I'm kidding. like him. <laughs> I, I love Joel, but, but that's, that's, I was just kidding. I was just saying that for you. But anyway, I thought, well, you know, somebody big, I'll get to see somebody famous. And so, well, Ben Carson was famous, but I didn't know. 
And so he spoke for two hours. He talked about political correctness. He talked about the national debt. And I felt that day like the Lord on me, like I'm going to run for office. Because he said, you know, you're supposed to be leaders. You're, you're graduating with your PhDs. You're supposed to be leaders. You need to stand up and run for office and protect our country. We can't just sit back and work our job and make money and feed our family. We have to care about this. We're going to lose our country if we don't get regular yeah. people to run. This is way before he was going to run for president. So when he came out to run for president, I was his county leader. My husband was in the neighboring county. And when he went to Trump, we went to Trump. And then I met him, you know, three more times. I love Ben Carson because he he won't lie to you. Yeah. And he's a normal guy that overcame another mental illness and, you know, being like the worst student in his class and learned to study and discipline himself to be in the top of his class. Just a, a success story. And shows you that if you make excuses, you stay down at the bottom. But if you dream big and you work hard, it's work ethic, you can be at the top. Absolutely. And there's so many people now, though, that they're just trained. They're, they're trained to stay at that bottom. They, they think that shooting for uh, the stars or whatever, or dreaming big or whatever. Some people probably say, you running for governor is a, a huge dream. They have. They're like... Girl, you got guts, and and they say another. You would say this crude, but you know, yeah. you know they say that I have, and I'm like, no, I really don't. I just, I mean, I just, well, I'm tired. I'm tired of not being represented, and I can't complain if I'm not willing to run. Exactly. That right there is why when we talked on the other day on the phone, I got that feeling for you. I cannot stand the people in this country that steady nagging or fussing or whatever about stuff. But they don't do anything. They're they're good at posting on social media. They're real damn good at that. But when it comes down to actually doing something to help. And it's intimidating. Yeah. It's intimidating to say I'm going to run against the governor of Georgia. And, I mean, I won't speak badly of him. I, 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 I applaud him for opening the country when he did, when other people, I mean, opening the state when he yeah. did, when other people in the country wasn't. I applaud him for doing that. I and mean, he did great things for Georgia and protected business. That was wonderful. And I won't say bad things about him, but I will say that, I, he needs to be primaried. Yeah. And so does the Secretary of State, and so does Lieutenant Governor. They need to be primaried. And I've, I've heard it all over the state from other people that they're not going to vote for him again. They want somebody different. That's why I announced I was going to run, because I was overwhelmed with the number of people asking me to run. Yeah, there's nobody that I know. And I'm telling you, those his campaign ads uh, a couple years ago when he was running, they got us. Yeah. We thought he was one of us. That's we right. thought a hundred, and they did exactly what they knew that they were going to do. Mm-hmm. They knew that the population was all hopped up on Trump. Let's give somebody a little taste of what could be the next Trump. Because I thought at one point in time, I was like, Kemp could be president. Like when I first started seeing his stuff, I was like, Kemp could be president. And now I'm like, Kemp's not even going to be governor again. He he got showed for who he was. Now he has done some good stuff, without a doubt. I mean, he he's done some good. But he's not who he said he was. And people are going to be looking through. You can't all, be a sellout. Yeah, you can't be. Especially in Georgia. No. Uh, and people are going to see through it. And and people, it's not in this that they're going to see through it. Is that there's enough people here that don't want Stacey Abrams to run this state. that They're going to pick somebody else besides Kemp. Well, I said this. I didn't finish while I go what I was saying. But I told the guy that was doing my radio interview I said, I hope Stacy runs. I'm a public school educator, yeah. and I'm 70% of the governor's bu- budget is education, and I know where to cut that'll make the teachers very happy. Yeah. 
It won't make people at the top happy, but it'll make the teachers happy. Yeah. The teachers need to be allowed to teach and do their job. And when they get that passion back, the students are going to love school and everybody's going to be happy. And that's what we need in Georgia. That's when kids learn, when Amen. they feel passion from the teachers and they love school. And nobody's better to do that than a public school educator that knows. Absolutely. I agree and with Stacey's you. Stacy's going to have a hard time. She'd have a hard time against me. Stacy is incredibly smart and intelligent. I just don't like the stuff she does. I've heard nothing. Well, I've got a bunch of, I'm, I'm about like you. I'm like, you're not middle of the aisle, but you'll talk, you know, if they're nice to you and they respect you, I imagine you pay them just as much attention, yes. regardless if they're rhinos, Democrats, whatever they are. That's right. I'm going to represent all of Georgia. Yeah, exactly. And I've already gotten pushed back about that. You can't represent all of Georgia. Yes, I can. Because conservative values are Christian values, and most people are Christians. Most working people are Christians, and they want to be represented with conservative values. All the social issues, we're beyond social issues at this moment. we got to get our country back, our state specifically, Georgia, to our morality. I had a dream the night before. I, I The reason why I decided to run, I had a dream about speaking in front of people. I was running for governor. And we were talking about Hollywood and, and transgender bathrooms, and they're trying to dictate to us we're going to have these bathrooms, or we're not going to video in, in Georgia anymore, and all the things that's happened in Georgia to sell us out. And in my dream, I said we're going to have morality over money every single time. Do you know what is insane that you just said that? One of the things that I posted over and over and over again is morals over money. When I got fired, really? it was morals over money. I've said it so many times on social media because you got one life, you got one story, you got one voice. I'm not going to be fake. I'm not going to sell out. Like I've said it that uh, I want to get rich, of course, because I want to be an activist. As backwards as that sounds, I want to help people, but also have responsibilities. It's American dream. Yeah, it's un-American not to want to be affluent. Yeah, exactly. Money, prosperous. So, you, so you thinking like that? That's that's great. Well, that was the Lord. That was you know when I was speaking, for example, I would get drops from God. Like one time, I was, the first time I spoke in front of Marjorie Green, and I love Marjorie. She, I love her. She's wonderful. But anyway, I was speaking in front of her, and I, then I introduced her, and I said it was the Lord. It was Holy Spirit. I said, you know what? I'm going to protect Jesus, guns, and babies. You can take that to the bank. And when Marjorie got up, she said, you know, Candace said this, and she's right. We're going to protect Jesus, guns, and babies. Well, the New York Times was there, and they quoted Marjorie saying Jesus, guns, and babies, not me, when mm -hmm. I was the one that said it, ticked me off. And so I had to blast them out about that. But, like, God will just give me downloads like that. One time I was at a bikers thing in, in Blairsville, and Derek Grayson that was running against me is a black guy. He's awesome. He's a, he's a constitutionalist. He knows yeah. the Constitution inside now. But he was speaking, and he kind of railed Doug Collins, and I love Doug. I, Doug's my friend, but he railed Doug. And then I got up there, and I thought, Lord, what am I going to do after Derek? Because he had that crowd, like, going crazy. And I got up there, and I said, you know what? And, y'all, I hated when Donald Trump said, drain the swamp. I thought it sounded redneck. Yeah. But I learned it really is a swamp. Yeah. That's why he said it. But when I got up there, I said, when our president said to drain the swamp, he meant the whole thing. And I like hollered, you know, and yeah. everybody just went crazy talking, you know. And anyway, it was just people want real. They want real. They want to hear your heart and that you're real. And so when I got that that night about morality over money, and so I started thinking, okay. And I, I started looking at the state rights and what we as a state need because I've been so focused on 
U.S. race and, and running for Senate. And our state is so important. Like, the government at the federal level are supposed to be overseers, not overreachers. And they're reaching over into the state and manipulating what goes on here. we got to have a fighter that will fight back and say, no, you stay in your place as overseer. We're running this state. We're taking Georgia back morally. And you're not going to interfere with us. Yeah, we, we need the whole Texas mindset. Yes, yes. That, that's what that's what every state needs, honestly. Uh, I've said it. I've told my daughter. I've told other people. If uh, if if Abrams ends up here as our governor, I'm moving to Texas. Well, and I, I thought- so I don't want to move. So I need you to get up there and kick some ass because mm-hmm. I, I I don't I like everything you stand for. If I didn't. And, you tell uh, me right now. I would. <laughs> I know you would. I would. I mean, that's the thing. And uh, I told you on the phone the other day, I'll support you. You're the first one that's reached out to me. Um, and if you're if you're real and you act real towards me, I'll, I'll help in any way I can. It's, and you said the key word a while ago. People want real. They're so sick of being lied to or feeling lied to. The past, since November, since the election, every American, Democrat or Republican, has felt lied to. Yeah. We don't know what to believe out of our own country anymore. And yeah, our country is always going to, the news is always going to tell us what we need to know or what they think we need to know. Well, look at the president. Okay, so like Donald Trump or not, if you don't like his personality, it's like you said, look at how what he did in four years. Yeah, look what he Policy. did for you. Right. But look at how he was treated. Still, like I said, I didn't vote for Biden, but I'm going to honor him. Yeah. He was so disrespected. Everything that happened with social media and censorship, how he was treated in the federal courts, the state courts, federal courts, not hearing the evidence. And listen, Josh, I saw just this much in Georgia when I went to the Senate hearings and video footage and black and white evidence that you could not deny. And they wouldn't hear it. Why? Because Total disrespect. Well, they're scared. That's what you do. That is what you do when you're scared. Uh... You know, he was bringing change. He was bringing change to our government. And when you have career politicians, red or blue, that scares the hell out of them. More people are going to be elected because of Trump now that are like Trump. Yeah, we need to forget the politicians. Yes. And we need to forget what they say because they lie. And the people better wake up and they better realize that if we don't do something and get people in there that won't be bought off, we're going to lose our whole country. They don't get it. We're, we're losing Georgia right now. We're losing our state. If we don't stop this, let's just keep electing the same people because I know when I see them on Fox News, I see them on CNN, I like the way they talk. Go look at what they voted for. Go look at their bank account and when it grew. Yeah. Seriously, follow the money. People think Lynn Wood's crazy, but you know what? He's right when he says follow the money because you can follow the money. And you can see that they had nothing until they got in there and started taking money from all these other people and then look at how they started voting. That's why people didn't like Trump that are in government. He wouldn't meet with lobbyists. He he didn't want to because he knows. Didn't take a salary? Yeah. He knew that he was going to get tied to something, and he didn't want to. He kept saying, you know, I have, I have the I can go to Wall Street and get the bet, most fundraising. I can outraise everybody. All I got to do is just promise a few little things, and I can have more money. I'll blow them all out of the water. But I won't do that because yeah. I'm going to represent the people. And you know what? Like him or not, they make they, they like to bring up him saying, you know, stuff that's inappropriate or whatever in the past. I don't care about none of that. 
I care that he represented me. Yeah. The only problem that I had with him was somebody should have took his damn phone at some point in time. I felt like that at one point a lot. Yeah. But you know when I quit quit feeling like that? When I was running and they always try to control me and not let me – they didn't want me to speak. They'd give me two minutes and cut that microphone off because they, they, they have got these people so brainwashed. Yeah. And they don't want anybody to speak the truth and tell them your vote don't matter. They're not representing you. Look at the voting record. They voted for this, this, and this. They don't want you to point it out. Yeah, but I'm going to guess what you would tweet and some of the things that Donald would tweet, completely two different things. I'm sure. Okay. There's There's been a couple times that even as somebody supported him, it's like, dude, shut up. Like, you're going to make this harder on yourself. I get wanting to have, because I live by freedom of speech. He was tired of being censored. Yeah, he was. But there's a couple times it's just like, you're making this worse on yourself. Like, you are. I understand that the media is going to turn things that he says, so he wanted to get out there the way that he wanted. But even you, if you end up being governor, there's probably going to be things that you want to say. And if you say it in the second that that it comes to your mind, it might not work out well for you, but if you sit here and you think about it and you word it a different way, you can still get the same message out. That's right. But word it a different way. That's right. And and that's where I was. I got aggravated with some of his stuff. Was I felt like there was no planning to it. Well, he, you know, he's a businessman, very wealthy. He didn't have to. Exactly. Well, he's true. never had to be yeah. reined in. Where me, I'm a public school educator, so I have to watch what I put out anyway oh, because yeah. I have an example. And, and be an example in ethics, you have to think about that. So, yeah, I would think about those things. But as far as the truth and getting the truth out, I'll tell the truth every time. Yeah. They're not going to own me. That, that's, that's the same way I am. I've been offered money. I've been offered millions of dollars. I was offered money from a super PAC to sign a bunch of stuff. Wouldn't do it. Then I was. This is during the Senate race. Then I was offered money to give support to another candidate and get out of the race. I wouldn't do it. And I, I told them, I was like, you're not going to buy me. I will not be bought off. Period. It's not going to happen. And, I mean, they were like, well, you'll regret it on November 4th because you could be a millionaire. No, I won't. I won't regret it one bit because I'm held accountable to Jesus Christ. And he owns everything. He yeah. owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There, There's nothing that you can give me that will measure to what he's going to give me. If you keep that mindset right there and that's what you display to everybody, and I, I think it will be. I'm pretty you're, hard-headed. You're, you're going you're gonna to do good because you don't get that. You don't get that level of real. I mean, you know, just like I do, you're going to have people that give you hell because you sit here and you talk about how much you love God. But at the end of the day, are you living for God or are you living for these other people? Well, I had somebody say to me, I'm not a Christian. I'm conservative. And I'm like, well, good. Then you need to vote for a Christian because if somebody's truly a follower of Christ, they're going to be honest. They're going to have integrity. They're going to be good. They're not going to steal from you. They're not going to lie to you. Why would you not want them representing you, even if you're not a Christian? I would want that theology representing me because their mindset is in a good way. There's nothing negative about being a Christian. Well, there's so many just morons out there that think Christians are dumb anyway. Like they don't understand it, but they've never, they've never. Like I'm going to tell you, I'm probably the wildest Christian you ever gonna meet. Like I'm out there. I have a good time. I don't apologize for my good time. But, I, and people think I'm crazy for this. I think the good Lord put me on the path I'm on for a reason. And I always get a little reassurance that I'm, that I'm where I'm supposed to be. There's preachers in this world and there's warriors in this world. I feel like I'm one of those that I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to be able to sit down and have a conversation 
with somebody who's never made a mistake in their life, somebody who's perfect. I'm supposed to be able to sit down and talk to scum and and musicians and and stuff like that and be able to relate to. But that's I, good. But I get to show perspective. Yeah, I get to show that no matter what I've been through, I love God. That's right. Well, that's I'm not like, supposed to be sitting here talking with somebody who might be a future governor. <laughs> you know, that, that's that's still that's crazy to me. But it, there's a reason why people get put in front of each other. Like, there's a there's a reason why paths cross, and you know regardless of what you knew about me before last week, I am real. And that's one reason I got fired. I got fired in radio for telling Antifa to kiss my ass and standing up for our military and for our president and for our police officers. But I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong in that situation. No, you're not. No, I'm not in the wrong. It's the liberals and everybody that is so super sensitive now. But you know what? Super sensitive is going to wear off. So you have in your heart, like I do, yeah. to, to talk to the least yeah, and to give them a platform and to hear from them. And one thing that I really felt last week kind of came to me, I have had several people, there's a couple of the issues I want to ask you about because I want to hear your opinion. Okay. But what came to me, I was hearing, what do you feel about this? What do you feel about this? And I started thinking, you know, we go out and we campaign and we say what we believe in. And we may have a Q&A at the end, a little question answer, but it's still about my beliefs. Yeah. I have never, in a year of campaigning for this for the big city U.S. Senate, and now you know starting to campaign for governor, I've never had someone say, what do you want? And just go to the meeting and hear what the people want without them saying what I'm going to do and what I want. So last week I really, I just, I felt like, you know what, I have my ideas and what I think and I research and I hear from people, but and then I come up with a platform but I really need to hear what the people want because if I'm going to represent the people, I've got to know what they want. That's why I went to all 159 counties. I wanted to hear from them, see the landscape, see where they live, see their houses, the economy, so that I can be able to represent that. So one thing that's been asked over and over is about constitutional carry. And I know you're going to be for constitutional carry. Uh, duh. And me too. <laughs> all right. The second thing is nursing homes and COVID and visitation. Oh, boy, you wanted to get me pissed. Um, it's a joke. The fact that we can have – and I'm a, I'm a sports fanatic. Now, I sat right here. I enjoyed the Super Bowl. I had a great time. But you're telling me it's okay for there to be 30, 40, 50,000 people at the Super Bowl, but people who are losing their grandparents to COVID can't go in the damn nursing home to see them? No. I can go into Walmart – I can go into these other places. I don't wear a mask. I'll be real with you. I don't, I, unless I have to go in a place where I don't, because I believe that we are supposed to boost our immune system by dealing with this in the first place. And COVID's not going away. It's not going away. So boost your immune system. Don't, it's sanitizing everything and avoiding the sickness. You're going to get it at some point in time. The best way to do it, just like with chicken pox or whatever else, you deal with it, you get through with it, you move on. You're, you build an immunity to it. Okay. The fact that, People are not getting to see their loved ones before they pass because of a stupid rule. I will make this very, very clear to any uh, hospital or whatever is listening to me right now. If my granddaddy ends up in a hospital and they tell me I can't see him, then I'm going to end up in jail. I'm catching a charge that day. I'm telling my granddaddy bye. And, and and that's it's, 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 it makes no sense. It's inhumane. Yes. So the governor signed an order, and it's supposed to be it's it's, it's till March now, but they're saying they're going to extend it to the summer, 
about no, no visitors for nursing homes. And I have a really big problem with that. And I've listened to people all over the state who've been messaging me about it. And I was just wondering if you felt the same way. But oh, yeah. They're, they're depressed. They're dying from broken hearts. People committing suicide. I yeah. mean, it's sad. Alzheimer's, you know, have Alzheimer's that's getting worse because they're not having the interaction. All right, the third thing that's been a big issue this week has been prison reform. I have been asked over and over and over about prison reform. So how do you feel about prison oh, reform? Oh, you want the real deal here. Okay, so you don't know this about me, probably. Uh, 2006, I had to go to a, a rehab detention center for two months. And a couple of years later, I had to go for three months. So not hard time or anything, but I had to do, I made some mistakes, stole some stuff. Wasn't a good person when I was younger. It's part of my story. I own it and I accept it. I'm actually grateful for it. The way that prisoners are treated isn't bad, but they're never given a chance to atone for their mistakes. One reason why I got in trouble the second time in my life was because when I came home from my first 60 days, I couldn't find a job. Everywhere I saw there was a felony on my thing. You know what happens when a job sees that you have a felony? Whether they like you or not, they're not hiring you. It's a joke. There are so many men and women in every state or whatever that have made mistakes. You know, correctional officers are famous for saying something to inmates. And I don't know if you ever heard this. They say it to everybody if they like you. The only difference between me and you is you got caught and I didn't. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay. But they get to work a job. They've made the same mistakes I did, but they get to move on from it. And people are not given that chance. Like, you want to – so, me at 18 years old, the mistake that I made, okay, I'm supposed to live with that mistake the rest of my life, and I made a mistake as a child – I don't know you personally yet, but I'm going to guess that when you was a teenager, you did some dumb stuff too. I was raised by a GBI agent, so honestly. He probably was. I I was very controlled. I was. (laughs) But it is. But I mean, we all do stupid stuff. Prison prison reform, there needs to be more focused on on giving a second chance. And probation, I don't know if you ever had to deal with probation. I I work with probation a lot with students. My, My uncle was in charge of juvenile probation around here. Uh, Chuck Pittman. And so I didn't get in any trouble as a, a kid or anything, but probation destroys you. Like, they prevent you from doing so much and moving on. When you when you do your time or whatever and you come home and after you made a mistake, there ought to be a course or there ought to be something to help you get a job as soon as you get home. You ought to be, like, there ought to be a system that it's signed up with that Wendy's, I mean, not a good job. You made a mistake. You you need to pay. You need to work your way up. Walmart, Wendy's, or something. A prisoner should go from there directly to having a job. If not, you know what that prisoner's going to do? They're going to get just like I did. They're going to get low. They're going to get depressed. They're going to get down on themselves. And they're going to make another mistake. And get back in jail. Yeah, but the that's cycle. that's what it, that's what it's that's what all the Department of Corrections is. They want you back. They don't want you to to get right. They don't want you. They probably hate when they see a prisoner or whatever come out and do better for themselves. Well, one thing that's been said over and over, and so you've touched on this, is some way to help them be reintroduced to society yeah. and have a decent job. Yeah. And so I don't understand 
you know, why we couldn't do some vocational training or, you know, most people that go in there, they either have already worked somewhere and have some experience or they all have a desire in their heart. We all are gifted in certain areas. God gifted all of us. So we have things we're more interested in doing that we would enjoy doing. And I don't understand why we can't. I think that's, I think you're trying to do it the nice way, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't have to be a fluffy job. It can be learning how to do electrical work. Oh, yeah. No, like it should that. But still, okay, I, I was in one of those situations to where I would have done anything. I would have done anything. But I, I didn't. I was stupid. And nobody would take me on or whatever. It should just be where, I mean, even if you do. I mean, you know people just graduated from college can't find a job, right? That's right. So... There's probably going to be the same thing that boils back around to an inmate. An inmate, you know, there's people that's already got those positions. The turnover positions are the ones I'm talking about. The McDonald's, the Walmart. The minimum wage. Yes. Where, let's talk about minimum wage for a minute. So minimum wage being increased to $15, those are the positions that you don't, minimum wage was never intended to feed a family. It was intended to be a turnover position where yes. you learn a skill, where you yes. get some experience and make do until you get something better. So, yes, and that's why minimum wage being increased will never work. They're saying, let's increase minimum wage to $15. Then A damn hamburger is going to be $10. Or 20 Yeah. So, that makes no sense whatsoever. A minimum wage job was never intended to feed a family. Yeah. Never. You, what you're going to see, the more that, that, when that actually does happen, is everything's going to be self-serve. Right. It, Every big business in this country, and Walmart's already done it with the, with the cat, the or the cat, whatever the cat, the checkout stations by yourself. I can't remember what they're called. McDonald's is doing it now, where you order and then there's an assembly line to make your stuff in certain places. By raising the minimum wage, all you're doing is giving that company a reason to cut expenses. That's how they're going to do. Yeah, they're going to cut expenses to the point to where, you know what, we'll pay 10 people to come here and work, but we had 30 people working last week. They're going to offset it. Mm-hmm. And people are too stupid. The same people that voted, oh, I can't wait to make minimum wage. You're going to get fired from your job. That's right. Because of it. We don't have any jobs. I mean, there's going to be no jobs. Yeah, the... the, the <laughs> The amount of homeless is going to increase. Mm-hmm. The amount of government yeah. assistance, but also too, think about like this, and this is where you know conspiracy theory stuff because I do like it. Uh, if you dig deep into it, and if people, more people are on government assistance, and the government's taking care of them, that's more voters. That's more people that do not want uh, them to lose their way of life. So you keep voting Democrat if that. Candace Owens has a thing that says when you take the head of household out of the house and the government steps in its place, government becomes daddy. That's true. And that's what they're going to do. And people just do not realize that that is all they're doing is they're trying to make it to where you are so dependent on them that if the idea of them not being in office scares you to the point that you act the way that you've done the past year about Trump and other things. Well, and the daddy in the house is huge. And I've seen in 18 years in public education, it shift even more. Yeah. And just, I mean, with the drug epidemic, I mean, like yeah. I said, the opiate epidemic has increased it. But just people not not staying married and, and the breakdown of the family. And I don't mean getting divorced and getting remarried. I mean, 
they get divorced and then they're living with this one, this one, this one, they never remarry a second time and create that family unit for the children, then the grandparents end up having them. And, and it does. It makes a huge difference. I mean, in parent participation and education and the and children's it's probably academics. So obvious. It's probably it's so obvious. I bet after the years you've been in education, you can tell who has a good home life and who doesn't Automatically. After, after 20 minutes talking to them. Absolutely. See, people just don't understand how important that is on so many so many grounds and things don't work out you know people divorce i'm from a divorced family i mean i get it but you have to create a, a family environment and stability for the child and you have to get along with your ex whether you want to or not absolutely co-parenting is a must it's a must and it makes a difference you can tell it's even it's really difficult to tell if the child's parents are divorced if they have a good co-parenting relationship because yes. the child is so functional like children are resilient and so if they feel loved by both parents and validated, they're great. But when parents are slamming each other, that child is half of both parents. My, me and my daughter's mother are not together. I've even done a podcast with her mother on here because people look at us and are like, how do y'all, how do y'all do this? Y'all been around each other for 15 years. You know, how do y'all still get along and you're not together and everything? And it's because we put Gracie's needs over ours that's right and i mean we we do what what is best for her a lot of people just don't think that way a lot of people are too they're too petty you know we've all been through bad relationships we've all had to deal with somebody that when we got done dating them pissed us off and you know maybe just wanted to throw them through a, a glass window everybody has but you that it's not about you anymore once you have a child and that, that's why grace i mean we we go on family vacation still together and that's wonderful i mean but that's the way i, I want everybody to be because well, there's a thin line between love and hate yes and people can't get past that hate to a, a complacency place that they can co-parent together and you don't have to have those you know extreme feelings of love for each other it gets past that to a friendship and we have to we've got to get to it i mean because we're not going to totally restore marriages i mean we want to that's our goal to have your parents married but if they don't, that's okay. But we got to get to a place so we can co-parent and be respectful and not bash each other. It's absolutely. so it's huge for the children. Uh, absolutely. Um, well, since we're fixing to wrap this up, we've gone a little bit more than an hour. If you had to sum up you running for governor, you had to sum up what you needed people to know that you're going to do or what you're going to try to do, however you want to word that, you know, why should they – go with you or why should they pay you attention and um make sure we got to make sure you drop all your social media stuff so everybody yeah. can follow you as well but why should they feel you are the best candidate and run this state well you know i told somebody the other day i said if somebody better comes up that we can get behind that's not me that won't be bought off and we really thought like they won't be bought off i'm willing to support them and not run it's not about me it's about the people being represented and that's getting somebody in there can, that can do it. And I've been a public school educator for 18 years. I've worked with the most neediest population in our state. And I've seen parents hurting and pain and healed and better. And so there's hope. And we, got, we have to have hope. And we have to have hope right now. I think all of us have been so disheartened because of what happened with the election that we wanted just to give up and say, we'll just make it four years until we can vote again. We can't do that. We have a, you know, we have a governor election in two years, and we got to care about Georgia. We, you know, America first is a great thing, but we got to put Georgia first. Georgia first has to happen, 
and we have to do what's best for our people and not you know Atlanta's wonderful it's one of the you know most booming cities in the country Georgia is the eighth strongest economy in the United States of America but we need more than just Atlanta and we need more than just you know we're the eighth strongest economy we need to care about our farmers we need to care about defects that nobody wants to talk about and helping them get the help they need to help families be equipped to be whole because that's not something that a politician gets money to do we need to help with the homeless and I don't mean just handouts I mean helping get you know people that are experts in that in residential facilities and, and housing and getting that established for the homeless we need to come together get the experts in the field and fix our problems in Georgia. And that's what I want to do. That's what I've done in public education. And that's what I'm going to do under the gold dome. It's going to be about the people and hearing from them and what they need and getting that done and representing everybody. Yes, I'm going to represent them conservatively every time, but I'm going to represent all of them. Even if they have an issue that's liberal, I'm going to listen and I'm going to look at the conservative lens and I'm going to get it handled for them. So, I just would say, you know, we need better, we deserve better, and we really can have a wonderful state and put morality over money every time. We can do that. It's a choice. It's a choice to take money wrong, or it's a choice to protect our morality. And our state is conservative. It is red. People say red, blue, right, left. When I see red, I think about being conservative, not Republican. I think about the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, you think about... Georgia being red because we care about our state being whole and caring about Jesus, guns, and babies. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta isn't Georgia. Like, there's, a lot, I, there's a lot of people that are, though. There's yeah. a lot of conservatives in Atlanta, well, a bunch. There's just too many people that define the way of life of Georgians by Atlanta. That, true. That, that's not Georgia. We're farmers. We're, we're construction workers. We're, we're people that bust our ass to get up, go every day, take care of what we got, and earn what we got. I'm not just saying this. We have the most beautiful state. You know, we have mountains and we have farmland and we have beaches and we have hills, lakes. I mean, Georgia is beautiful. We have everything. Everything anybody would want, we have in Georgia. Hot where it never snows and then where it snows every year. And people look to Georgia as a leader. They do. And that's why we saw ourselves in the national news, but it wasn't in a good way. No. And we're going to take it back, and it's going to look, it's going to look good. I got two okay. things to help you with with the homeless. Okay. It's, like I said, up here, politician wheels are turning. That's right. So all the old factories and stuff that we have here that are just abandoned, whatever, mm-hmm. you, you kind of turn them all into homeless shelters. Great. And then uh, to help them get started, we've already got people that receive uh, checks or whatever from the government for being on uh, – what is is it welfare or is that what Georgia calls it? Um, Which you know, if you have disability, not disability. It's where some people just don't work and get paid. So unemployment, um, or, the, or you'd have or you'd have EBT for EBT money. stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, I feel like anybody that is on government housing EBT or whatever, and you don't have a job, I think that you should have to do community service. I think that you, your community, even if it's just going out there and picking up cigarette butts and street sweeping. Or where people have graffitied in in certain places. You have to get out and repaint it. I think that everybody has to start pulling their weight. And I think if you kind of mix homeless and that together and you give them a sense of worth and you give them a work work ethic, 
I think that it builds up to where it, it helps everybody out. It helps the community. It makes Georgia more beautiful. And it gets the, the homeless off. There's no sense. The reason why, if you listen to the stuff with Joel Epstein that I was talking about, it's not that I don't like him. It's anybody that has that platform. Me and you have a platform. Okay? Anybody that has, if it was where the homeless in Cochrane needed a place to stay, I'd open up my back door. And I don't have one one millionth of what Joel has. I'm yeah. not. A, so, it blows my mind that you have these guys that, they have all this, but there's homeless in your community. That's the only like reason. Like Warnick in Atlanta, who has his church, he makes so much three hundred thousand a year. And then what's across and from his church? Right there beside it's homeless. That makes no sense to me. A whole that, block. That is why people treat Christians like jokes. That right there, because the people that we say are our leaders of Christianity, mm-hmm. they make us look bad. To where folks like me and you will open up our door to a stranger if they need it. Mm-hmm. But you got people worth millions that are allowing homeless and broke people. And, and there's people hurting. And they don't have to take all their wealth and give it to them. No, no, but no, they, no. But like I said, there's plenty of smart people, and that's their thing. That The, cre- the generating creative ideas to fix a problem. We are problem solvers. Let's solve problems. Yes. We shouldn't have homeless. We shouldn't have human sex trafficking. No, hell no. It shouldn't happen. I fought against it my whole career, and it shouldn't happen. No. There's no excuse for it. Just so y'all know, just if you go look up the video of Warnock's church and across from it, and I'll guarantee you, because this church is in Atlanta, right? Right. You know how many abandoned factories, abandoned buildings, or whatever they're over that way. If you know that's across from your church, and you drive there in your $100,000 car, and you go preach in your $10 million, $10 million church, but you have the ability to see that, and you don't think to yourself, hey, let me go buy one of these factories. Let me go buy one of these old hotels, renovate it, put some money into it, find some people. Let's help people. Know who you're voting for. That's why I wanted you on this show. Well, I thank you for letting That's me That's why come. I wanted you, because I want people to know. Like, You'll do interviews with a lot more folks and everything, and I'm sure you'll do it with some more real people. I but I don't, I don't like pulling punches. I like asking stuff. And you, you, you checked off all the boxes. I mean, I don't know if the other people will come on here and talk to you. They might be scared. They will. I hope they are. But I'm not scared of you. Well, you shouldn't be. <laughs> if you, if you, if you are real and you do what you say. But I also told you on the phone the other day. If I see you post anything on social media or whatever, I, I want to help somebody like you get elected. Not the, not for anything to do with me. The hell with me. But it's what the whole needs. It's what the whole state of Georgia needs. He basically told me that if I get up there and I don't do what I'm going to do, he's going to blast me out. And I said, I want you to. Yeah. You and need you to. Did. She did. She 100% did. It just needs more real. And I very much appreciate you coming. Um, make sure you tell them real fast. Like and I want to come media. back. Oh, maybe, maybe maybe later. Maybe oh, yeah. six come months. On. But I want to come back. So Candace Taylor, my name's spelled different. My daddy made up the spell. And my mama wanted to name me Candy. And my daddy said, we are not naming her a stripper name. So he, she named me Candace, but my family does call me Candy. But my name is K-A-N-D-I-S-S Taylor.com. Um, so Candace Taylor.com. You can find me there and volunteer. Send me. There's a thing where you can go in there and give me your email address, and I'll keep you updated. And then I'm on all social media. Really, I downloaded like five extra social media because they were trying to censor us at one point. So you can find me, and all of it's Candace Taylor. So y'all can find me there. K A N D I S S. You'll have to give me your social media links before we got here, and when I post the podcast, yeah. I'll post it in the bio. They can go look you up. Uh, I just you'll be in my prayers. 
Thank you. Please I, pray. And y'all pray. If yeah, you're listening, please pray I, for me. I hope that you do and you keep acting this way because this is this is what not just Georgia needs, but the whole the whole country needs. Thank you. Thank and, you so uh, much. Thank you for coming. And uh, I will see y'all next time. And as always, if you would like to make a donation to the show to keep it going and other things, uh, Cash App is JLTerry87. JLTerry87. Thank you for all that y'all do. And God bless y'all.